Hey everyone, you are here with Ginny and Tash and we are Riding in the Weeds, a podcast where we talk about all things life, uh, how they relate to biking, horses, animals, running businesses and all of the things. Today we are digging deep into the topic about motivation. What is motivation? Where does it come from? All of the things. So if you are either a super motivated person or you are struggling with motivation, Come join us and we would love to hear your comments. So good morning, Jenny. How are you doing today? I'm good, Tash. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So motivation. What do you think it is? You know, I'm going to start out with the quote comment that I heard from somewhere one time that really just hit me hard. And that is that motivation doesn't find you. You have to go find it. And I think that that phrase really just made me realize that motivation is not something that magically appears the vast majority of time. So to be motivated to do something is kind of a gift, I guess. So when you're feeling good and you want to go do a thing, that's a blessing. But the majority of the time, you're not going to have that magical sparkly feeling that makes you want to run and do the thing you know yeah I think the big thing that constantly pops up for me is that motivation is a myth it doesn't really exist we look at people like wow you like you have the gift of motivation whereas really it just means that they have the gift of being able to move forward when they don't want to people that are motivated generally understand that Motivation, as you say, it's not something that finds you. It's not like you're going to wake up one morning and be like, oh, I'm motivated to do X, Y, Z. What really happens is you've set your vision, you've created a desire, and from that, you take action. And that's what I love about future visioning. I like to explain it as if you make a statement like today on the airplane, I'm going to meet a really interesting person. And then you sit down next to someone and you're like, I don't want to talk to that person. And then you think about the fact, well, I said that on this airplane ride, I am going to meet a really interesting person. Like, There's no way for you to meet an interesting person if you don't talk to the person next to you. So it's almost like the motivation comes from the fact that you've set that statement, you've set that vision. And really that can be extrapolated out to any vision, any goal, anything you want to do. You want to be a good bike rider then if you've stated that you want to be a good bike rider, if you want to be talented, you want to be skilled, you want to not be scared of falling, you want to be fitter going uphill, like whatever it is, if you've made that statement about your biking experience, then you are going to be motivated to do the things that will create that experience for you. And if you don't make that statement, if you're not motivated or if you don't have a vision around the things that you do then you're not going to be motivated to do anything yeah that is 100% accurate and I think what you're speaking to there is also setting the intention and when you have that clear intention for the experience you want to have the skill you want to be able to do or whatever it is that gives you a little bit more push It opens up the door for motivation to come through. But I think the big key is going back to that statement, motivation doesn't find you. So you've got to be willing to put up with the short-term discomfort 
for the long-term gain. And that's been a big theme in my life lately is like, where do I need to just experience more short-term discomfort in order to get to the long-term gain? And like, I've been really focused on making sure that I'm riding my bike trainer daily, if possible, at home, because I want to be more fit. I want to be able to go out and have really fun rides when we go on vacation to cool places and go do stuff that's fun. I can't get to the fun if I don't put up with the discomfort, at least on a regular basis, because I'll never be able to make it through the trail or I'll never be able to make it on the ride because that's going to be miles at that point. So if you're not willing to sit through that short-term discomfort, motivation is definitely not going to find you. But it's compounding. So the more times I go and I ride the bike trainer at home, the better I feel, the more I want to get on the bike trainer. But you've got to get over that hump first. Like it's going to not be fun. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to not feel great. But on the other side of that is something rewarding that starts the motivation cycle to make it feel easier to get up and want to do that. It's really interesting because whenever you're talking, so many thoughts come into my brain. The one that really landed there at the end was, people are scared to take lessons. And I remember listening to a podcast once and this lady was talking about how she had told her 10 year old daughter that she was going to her friend to learn French or Spanish. And she was kind of scared. And the 10 year old was like, but mommy, if you knew what you were doing, there would be no reason for you to take the lesson. So your teacher is going to think it's weird if you go and you already know everything. So the reason you are going is to learn. And it was just, you know, out of the mouths of babes sort of thing. It was such a great reminder of like, we go through life, like we're on a learning path. And so often the reason for people not wanting to take a private lesson or not wanting to do a lesson with biking is because they're scared of not being good at it. And it's like, but if you were good, you would have a coach who was helping you get better. But the fact that you don't know what you're doing is exactly why I exist in the world. That is my reason for being is to help give you the tools so that you can have the confidence to go out and do the thing that you do. And whether it's biking, whether it's deciding that you're going to move into a camper and travel across three countries or taking that step to do something outside of your comfort zone. That's really what I exist in the world to coach people into. And it's one of the hardest things I've found to sell because I'm literally asking people to get uncomfortable. And in order to do that, they have to create that big vision. And I understand it because I get that. And for some reason, I like to be semi-uncomfortable it's funny because just before we jumped on the call, we we're talking about my iron deficiency right now. And what's interesting is if you look at all the different things I do in my life and the way I eat and the way I do things, they're all conducive to me being a ridiculously healthy person, but I'm not always in that space because I actually am motivated in the wrong way sometimes. And I push too hard and I'm too comfortable being uncomfortable. So let's segue into kind of talking a little bit about knowing yourself and maybe when you should push and when you shouldn't push. Yeah, this really speaks to a theme that I've been experiencing in my life as well, that both and 
it is both and life is not black and white. There's no linear roles. This is the way life functions is that two things that are seemingly contradictory can be simultaneously true. And so for me, when it comes to motivation and this experience is that's the knowing of when I need to slog through the experience versus taking a break. And so it's very possible that some days, yeah, you're not motivated and you need to take a break and it's perfectly acceptable and perfectly reasonable to not keep pushing. This is last week's topic about nothing blooms forever and we should not expect ourselves to be productive or motivated perpetually. That doesn't exist. So recognizing the difference between simply not being motivated and just resisting doing something versus the feeling of your body needing something different in that moment. And I think the only way we figure that out is through self-exploration and sometimes by doing something we shouldn't have done, by pushing too hard, by working too long and realizing, oh, I've crossed that line. Now I need to take a step back. And that is the tricky part about motivation is it's really easy to say, well, I'm not feeling good today. <laughs> well, I don't have the energy today. But when you're talking about doing things like working out and being physically fit, a lot of times, again, it's that cycle. If you never get started and you never push through, you'll never get to the point where it begins to give you as much energy as you're expending, if not more. I know now I've been really working on being so consistent on the bike trainer that when I don't ride, I don't like it. I can't even necessarily put my finger on what it is that's not really good. But if I take two days off, I'm like, Ugh, I really need to get back on the bike trainer. I just don't feel good. It's taken a while though. I've been working on this consistently or inconsistently for at least a year and probably only seriously now for a couple months. So it takes time to get to that point, but you have to keep working on it or it's never going to come. Totally. We have seasons for everything. And I think we really do have to know ourselves and know when we can push and when we can't push. For me, I've been home for just over a month now. I think I had my second day off yesterday. And so today I'm resistant to really want to do anything. It's kind of a public holiday. We're very confused with our July 1st public holiday because it was Saturday. So was the day on Friday or was the day on Monday? And I had to work on Friday and kind of working today, but I don't have a lot of things to do. So I could sit down and do a whole bunch of office work, but I've got like a four day week coming up of bike camps. And then I'm heading down to Spokane for Spokotopia. And so we've got this fun outdoor festival that's happening. So I'm working all day Saturday and then Sunday is technically a day off, but we're going to be traveling back home. And then I have no idea what my next week looks like. It's either bike camps again, or it's sitting in the office catching up on work. And so when I look at, okay, what should I be motivated to do today is really important for me to figure out because if I run headlong into doing a whole bunch of work, it's going to make the rest of the week a bit of a slog. Whereas I can move through things more consciously. And I think that's just knowing the self, knowing what's important, knowing what my body needs today and taking a little bit more time off. And I think that's 
another topic as well is can you take moments? Sometimes you can't take days. Sometimes you can't take weekends. Sometimes you can't take weeks, <laughs> but you can take moments where, all right, I've got a few hours today. I can get some chores done. And sometimes doing chores is self-care as well. So it, yeah. everything is not black and white. And it's all about what needs to be done. And for you, self-care is going for that bike ride. For me, self-care is going for that walk with the dog in the evening. It has to happen. And the dog needs to have exercise in the morning as well. Yesterday, he got exercise at around seven o'clock and then wanted to go for another walk at nine. And I'm like, I just I can't do that for you right now. And I'm finding that I'm either overwalking him or underwalking him, or I want to take him for a bike ride with me, but it's too far. But then I miss my bike ride and balancing all these things is, I don't know how parents do it. All you mums out there, you're legends. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. And that speaks to when you're caring for animals or children, it doesn't matter whether you're motivated. The basic level of care is required in order to keep that being alive that is in your charge that you are responsible for. So sometimes we do have to face the fact that there are things that we have to do that we're not motivated to do. And I've found, especially with the horses, which require a different level of care, that it's a lot easier to do a little every single day rather than ending up waiting and then having a bigger chore. The same thing with litter boxes with the cats. It is so much easier for me to do it very thoroughly every single day, which will take less time than if I do it halfway or try and skip days, which please don't do that for your cats. It's much better to clean them daily. So when you actually put in the effort to be really thorough for shorter amounts of time, that is one of the ways it can make those mundane chores, those must do's that you're often not motivated to do easier. That's just one of the strategies I've developed. I do it in the horse care when I have to take care of horse stalls and do mucking and things like that. Just being thorough for a shorter amount of time can take the pressure off of ending up with a really big job. It's true in the house too. It's a lot easier to clean up and put away things when it's one or two things than if it's the whole room ends up terrifying and overwhelming. And so sometimes, yeah, I'm not motivated to do the dishes, but it's going to be a lot easier to do a few dishes than it is to do a whole stinking sink of them when they're piled everywhere. It's so funny because as you were talking, I was thinking about last night, it's like we're perpetually camping. And so we don't have a laundry machine. So in the evening when I'm like, oh, I need to put my laundry on. Well, I can't just throw my laundry on. It's like, I got to go to the laundromat or deal with that laundry. So it becomes bigger and bigger. And today I've got to deal with the laundry because otherwise I have no biking stuff for this week. But the same thing, like we have a small sink and I have a small place to put my dishes when I dry, like when they're wet after I've washed them. So if we make a big meal or if I leave the dishes for the entire day, it ends up being a real pain to do the dishes. So if you let things clutter up, <laughs> then you have a very small space. And so it's really interesting we live in these big houses so that we can have more things and hide them in more places. It's because it allows us to go longer between doing things because we're not motivated, right? If you've got a big kitchen, you can make a bigger mess. If you've got more dishes, you can go longer before you have to wash them. 
but it just prolongs and then it becomes a big chore. And even if you've got a rotating cycle of chores, like on Mondays, you wipe down the toilet. On Tuesdays, you wipe down the shower. On Wednesdays, you clean out the fridge. It doesn't end up being a massive chore. I used to take an entire Saturday to clean the house and I would only just get the surface done because it was a big house. And now I can take half a morning on a Sunday and whip through 50% of what needs to be done. And then the following Sunday do the other half. But you're absolutely right. If we just kind of chunk away little bits at a time, the motivation comes a little bit easier. And if you pair it with something that you enjoy doing, like listening to a podcast, then you're like, oh, I, I can't just sit and listen to something. So if I can do the dishes or... I can clean the house while I'm listening to a book or a podcast or something like that. I do find that I am more motivated to do that. Yeah. And I think that's an awesome strategy is finding a way to pair that with something that is more fun or that you enjoy more. The other trick that I've learned with my bike is just 10 minutes. You know what? I'm short on time today. Can I just ride for 10 minutes? And what often happens is I end up riding longer. Or if I'm like, I'm really, really tired, I'm only going to do 10 minutes today. And then I get on and 30 minutes later, I'm still cooking and grooving and I feel good. So I figured out, can I just tell myself it's only 10 minutes? (laughs) And it works for cleaning and all sorts of other things too. I'm only going to do this short amount of time. And then suddenly, even if you set a timer, your timer goes off and you're like, oh, but I'm in the middle of it. I'm just going to keep going now. So that's a great way to find the motivation is to just tell yourself it's only going to be 10 minutes and then see what happens at the end of the 10 minutes. If you make it 10 minutes and that's all you do, fine. You still did it. But if you're motivated at that point, keep rolling, let it go. Keep going to the point where you can feel accomplished. The flip side of that is getting stuck in doing something like hyper-focus. Sometimes when we don't stop ourselves from doing something, That's when we actually end up burning out and it's harder to find the motivation again later. So finding that balance of enough time, but not too much time, but yet committing so that you actually do it is really important. So it's the both and it's the all the things at the same time. I'm glad that you brought that in because I definitely have a hyper focus. That's where I'm like, I have some ADHD because I really don't want to do my emails, but I get into them and I'm like three hours later, the chunking it down to just 10 minutes, I think is huge and then allowing yourself making sure you actually have the time to extend especially when you're doing something that you actually will turn into being joyful and all the endorphins get running otherwise you end up late for whatever it is you're supposed to be doing next which I'm really really good at so in coming full circle here wrapping up motivation I think it's funny because we giggled at the beginning it's like are we motivated to talk about motivation And it's probably the best topic to talk about when you're not sure if you're motivated to talk about it. And now we could honestly sit here and bore you guys for hours on all sorts of antidotes and ways to motivate yourself to do whatever it is you want to do. So the how to this, I think at the end of the day is making sure your vision is bigger than you. And I think that's why kids and animals are easy to be motivated because you got to keep them alive. Like you really don't have that choice. If you are committed to being healthy, if you're committed to 
if nothing else, not going out and having to buy a complete wardrobe because you go up a size. You have a vision that is bigger than you. You've got a little bit of motivation to keep your health in check, to keep your diet in check, to keep your exercise in check. And then we can create bigger goals outside of that. And by doing that, by having that future vision, by having the bigger why, it gives us that motivation to keep doing more than the bare minimum. And when we do more than the bare minimum, everything works better. If we're just doing the bare minimum, for most of us, it starts to feel really icky and nothing is quite where you want it to be. You notice that you're starting to gain weight. You notice that you're losing your fitness. You notice that you don't feel energized because you're not eating good food. You start to notice that the things that you care about start to fall away and your quality of life is just not there, whether it's at work, whether it's on your bike, if you're not going out and making an effort to get out on your bike between my coaching sessions, you're not really going to progress as fast. But at the same time, I always tell people, good on you for signing up for a four-week course, because at least for the next four weeks, you will go biking once a week. And if you're not biking in between, then chances are, as soon as our four-week program finishes, you've got to find another way, another group, another reason a friend to go biking with or there's always going to be something else that gets in the way um and then there's just what you said about the short term versus the long term we've got to also identify that sometimes there just isn't room so if you can take that 10 minutes and actually it be a real 10 minutes that you're honest with yourself so that you don't burn out and there's the short-term discomfort but then there's also long-term discomfort that comes so really just balancing all of the things in your life if you're a mom and you got three kids your world looks completely different to the girl down the street who's not a mom and has three cats and the person who's a mom with one kid and three dogs everybody is riding a different trail and i think the biggest thing that i've found in life is that you need to map your own trail you need to figure out what's important to you put your blinders on and the only time when you really want to be comparing yourself with other people is because somebody is doing something that inspires you and so therefore that creates a motivation and a vision to move forward i have an employee right now who has lost like 30 pounds. She's on such a fitness journey and it keeps me motivated to be like, oh, well, I don't want to fall behind over here because I've got this person who has just blossomed into this fitness and she's just finding so much joy and so much benefit in her world for eating better and exercising more. And it's definitely motivating me to not let myself slip into the other direction. And as I say, it's not a comparisonitis. It's inspiring me versus making me feel bad about myself. And I think these are all important parts of the whole motivation. Yeah. I think what you're really speaking to there is figuring out what strategy works for you. And we could spend hours talking about all the various strategies but surrounding yourself with people who are aligned with your goals is a great way to help stay motivated. Finding a friend or buddy, like making a time commitment, verbalizing whatever your commitment is. My partner knows that I want to ride my bike every day. The only exception to that is the days that I ride multiple horses in a day because that's already work in and of itself. But I'm even to the point now where if all I do is I go ride my horse, I still come home and ride the bike. 
And it's funny because it's like, ah, I'm already hot and sweaty. I might as well put my bike shorts on and go sit on the bike for a little while. At that point, it's becoming easier because it's like, ah, I'm already gross. I'll give myself 10 minutes on the bike, which turns into 30. And so therefore I've done it. But verbalizing that to the people around you can help keep you accountable because now it's out in the world. And so now somebody's going to go, hey, how's your bike riding going? Or, hey, how's your exercise or your food goals or whatever it is? People are going to ask you about it. So making sure other people know can help keep you motivated. Setting timers is a great way to also stay motivated because you can give yourself that short amount of time and then see what happens at the end of it and go from there. But it's a nice way to get over that hump because you just give yourself a time bracket. There's great resources online if you're doing computer work. Focusmate is one of them. You basically are co-working. So find a buddy and work together. We've even done that before sometimes when you've been researching marketing and I need to do editing work. We'll just get on the Zoom together and work while we're together so that you're working with someone. Because working alone at home sometimes can be really difficult to set those goals and achieve them. So there's tons of strategies out there. But again, you've got to be willing to take advantage of them and you have to be willing to step up and say, it's not going to be comfortable. It might not be fun, but in order to get to my goal, I have to do this thing. It's important enough to me to do it despite being uncomfortable. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's so funny because you've just come up with so many more topics for podcast strategy. Discipline comes in because we don't co-work that often because we end up just having a really fun chat. I find that when I come to work, that it's actually really hard to get work done when anyone else is here because we lose our discipline and our focus. The coffee chats, talking around the water cooler, they're very important. However, we've got to find that balance. So motivation, it's a multi-headed beast. I think it's something that has so many different facets to it. If you are struggling with motivation, re-listen to what we've just been talking about and really find a strategy and find a vision, get a goal and get yourself moving. Because whether you're riding bikes, whether you're wanting to excel in your business, your career, whether you're wanting to work with your animals and be more present for the animals, the people in your world, it all comes down to how do you motivate yourself? Because motivation is not something that you wake up with every morning. So I'm Natasha Lockie. You can find me on Instagram at Betty Gohard. And I work with women. It's all about finding confidence so that you can do the things that you love to do, whether it's becoming a more inspired biker, whether it's working with your business, launching your own business, doing your own thing, or living your dream life. I'm all about just having more joy, more discomfort in the world so that you can move into having a lot of confidence. And how about you, Jenny? Yeah, I'm Jenny Brandon. I'm an animal communicator and energy healer for animals and their people too. And I work with people and their pets intuitively to help resolve behavior challenges, health issues. And so if you are looking for some support around your pet relationships, reach out to me. You can find me on the web at soulpetconnections.com and also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at the same handle. So thank you so much for joining us on the Riding the Weeds podcast today. We'd love to hear from you. Please like, comment, subscribe, leave us a review. If you have any topics you'd like us to dig into, definitely reach out to us. You can find us on the web at ridinginTheweeds.com. So thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you next time.
See you later.